Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Welcome back. This is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach on the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast, recording in our downtown Denver studios with producer and executive, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's the hats, Jay? Man, uh, I'm out here, man. I, uh, I'm just enjoying, I'm just enjoying the, the season. It's starting to warm up. You know, we aren't able to go out as outside as much, but I'm, you know, walking around, going outside, being in nature a little bit, so it's lovely, man. I love it, man. You know, you know it's funny about a, a coronavirus post outing. Like when you leave now, if you don't put a mask on, like the the social looks you're getting. Like I'm I'm used to getting like sort of a a different look anyway. I don't know if it's yeah. Denver or I wonder what that look that could be. It's weird. But now <laughs> now that look is getting a little bit more direct, and it could be because I don't have a mask on. Now, if you're a medical personnel, first of all, I want to thank you for all that you do. And I, and I do, we're not making light of the situation that we're in. We understand the seriousness here. But, you know, I'm just, I'm not big in the mask. And it's not because I don't want to be. It's because I, like, forget, you know, and, like, something else is going on. And then I, I go out, I'm running out to grab food. I'm like, dang it, I forgot my mask again. And I've been trying to get better about it. But when you don't do it, you get some incredibly dirty looks. Yeah, man, I just kind of, like, look over my shoulder very dismissively when I see those looks come my way. That's just—that's how you gotta handle it. You gotta handle it. All right. Well, let's get to it because we got a lot to discuss here. Um, big show today. Um, and, and you know, I'm a big fan of Adam Sandler. He's a hilarious dude. And a couple of years back, for those of you too young to remember this, stop listening to my show immediately and move on. I'm just kidding. Um, listen to the show. Um, Happy Gilmore. Do you remember that? Well, in the show. In the movie, excuse me, he runs into Bob from The Price is Right, and they get into this battle, and in the end of the battle, he goes, The Price is Wrong, Bob. (laughs) Incredible line, right? So we are telling this show... The price is wrong because this is a valuation show. Before we get into the details of the show, as we do each and every single week, we're going to bring you an article about what's going on in the real estate and foreclosure marketplace. You know the problem? We, we search for these articles. Like oftentimes we research for a while. You know, Jonathan and I go out there, we source articles. The problem when you're searching for foreclosure articles is, is a lot of negative stuff. Right, because you're talking about foreclosure, foreclosure negative. So I'm gonna flip the script a little bit here, and I found an article that said, and I quote from CNBC: "Real estate is still the best investment you can make today." Millionaires say, and here's why. Now, this article was actually published in October of 2019. So I'm wondering if said millionaires would still feel the same about this during the coronavirus pandemic, and I will tell you. The answer is yes, they would still feel the same way because they are still 
millionaires, you know? So a lot of people out there, there's a sky is falling mentality that is hitting the real estate market head on. I don't know what's going to happen, bro. We need to reconsider this. You are seeing agents surrender their licenses, go out and try to get different jobs. You know, there's no going back to waitressing or bartending right now because, well, there's none of those jobs either, right? So you're not going to that. But there's a mass exit is taking place in real estate because it's a weird time. But these millionaires and generally Generally speaking, when I get my business advice in any topic, I try to get it from people who are at minimum millionaires, preferably billionaires, and if possible, trillionaires, right? Because if you're taking your financial advice from Grandpa Pappy, right, who's still driving his 1967 Dodge Dart, was that even a thing in 19? You wouldn't know. Anyway. Then I, I'm getting a feeling that if you're taking your advice from poor people, you are likely also a poor person, okay? And I don't mean that as a negative, but rather to say that the reason I think you're listening to this show is because you're trying to enlighten yourself. You're trying to get more data, not less data. And this article was fascinating. Like You just kind of started, it has pictures, like drawn pictures of the people who were quoted in it. The first one is Barbara Corcoran, the real estate shark from Shark Tank, and she says, yeah, you just, you just a short haircut. I'm, I'm generally both intimidated and extremely attracted to this woman, like, at the same time. Is that weird? I feel the same way. She, she freaks me out, but it's like, man, Barbara could do some damage. Anyway, um, she says that I quote, owning made me rich. And then she goes on that buying real estate made me rich, mostly through necessity, not by design. I bought my first itty-bitty studio after scraping together a few bucks because I needed somewhere to live anywhere. A few years later, the studio doubled in value, giving me enough cash to plunk down 50% on a one-bedroom apartment. Continue at ad nauseum over and over again. She made money on the first deal, went to the second deal. Now she's a billionaire. You know, so it seems to me like this real estate thing works, but they didn't stop at Barbara. That would have been fun. Then they get um, Bethany Frankel. She's an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and founder of Skinny Girl. You can follow her on Instagram. And she talks about how residential properties generate income year round. Right? So that that's true. We then, of course, we couldn't do a real estate article about Grant Cardone going on to say how many multi-millions of dollars he's made doing it. And it just keeps going and going and going and going as they interview all these rock stars who made their fortunes in real estate, okay? So I am a byproduct of my real estate investment, so I know what these guys are saying is true, and you are a listener to a show that discusses real estate investing, right? So in the end, we're all kind of heading down the same path. But if you're going through this pandemic, if you are going through a personal crisis, if you are simply on a quest for knowledge, know this, real estate has made a lot more people rich than not real estate. How's that? Right? So there's your big dialogue. Thanks for tuning into the show. We'll catch you guys. No. (laughs) You knew that before, right? Because that's why you're listening to the show. So let's get to it. The Price is Wrong, Bob. Well, if you ever watched The Price is Right, which was a show I used to watch as a kid many, many years ago. Was it Bob Barker was the host of the show? And Bob would come on in the opener. They do the, Cynthia, come on down, right? They'd run down. They're so excited, right? And it was the, the pricing showcase that came on. Right, and in the pricing showcase, they would list these these items, you know, these retail items, and you would have to guess what the price of the item was without going over. 
And so, like, the four contestants who wanted to go into the showdown, like, they actually played the games, had to compete against each other to guess the price without going over. And the without getting over part was my favorite part because it really incentivized people to play the other people. And every now and then, like, somebody would answer, one dollar, Bob. Right? Because they were convinced everybody else was wrong. Right? And sometimes they were right. And it was like, it was awesome. The guy that gets the dollar for the clearly $800 Weber grill, right? And everybody else gets like $1,200, $1,300. And he gets a dollar and he got it right. He's like, ah, okay, right? Real estate is not unlike the price is right, okay? The key to doing real estate valuation is to guess the retail value of the property without going over. The difference is if you go over in real estate, it could destroy you financially, and if you go over on the prices right, you can do the Showtime Showcase, you know, get to meet the hot girls handing out the prices, right? So the danger is far worse in going over in estimating real estate prices. So we're, we're titling this show because we've done valuation shows before, but this valuation show is going to be about how drastically important it is to not overvalue your real estate purchases. And I don't care if those real estate purchases are the house you're moving into, the foreclosure you're buying to flip, the rental you're looking to purchase, no matter what it is, if you're guessing the price of the of real estate, you cannot possibly afford to go over um, on, on the bracket. You can't go over on the price. It's dangerous. Okay. So how do we avoid it? How do we keep from the price being wrong, Bob? Well, it's simple, the right analytical tools. See, when you are speculating, and at the end of the day, there's a certain degree of speculation that goes into real estate sales. I believe there's less speculation than most products, okay? Most of the time when you're buying a stock, you're buying Apple stock, there's certainly a price per earnings ratio that determines the value of a stock, okay? There's certainly reasons why a stock moves inside and out. But the reality of the stock market, it is mostly driven by emotion at that moment. So you have to know what the market's emotions are, okay? Kind of the case in real estate. Real estate goes up and down, a little bit driven by emotion, but really, real estate is mostly driven by the last guy purchasing who purchased a property of similar style, location, and square footage. Okay, that is the ultimate valuation tool. The problem with that is in every market, there's an idiot. It doesn't matter which market, there's always a guy who's willing to severely overpay. I'm going to tell a quick story. Many years back, I grew up on on Sesame Street, okay? I think a lot of people did. And I had this, at the time it was a tape, shut up Winston, I don't want to hear about it, but (laughs) they used to do tapes. And even further back, it was a record I had as a very young, yes, a record, an actual vinyl record. Okay, And this vinyl record had the Sesame Street sing-along songs. To this day, I have this album on my phone. No, I don't listen to it by myself often. But sometimes, like with my daughters and whatnot, they know every word of every song on it because we listen to it so many times together, and we love this album. So years ago, eBay, obviously very popular today, but even more popular back then, I had searched for years to find a vinyl copy of this record. I simply had to have it. Right, So I find one after years of searching, looks to be in immaculate condition. I have no intention of ever actually playing this record as I do not own a record player. I did not at the time, but the ownership, the desire to own this flashback to my childhood was so strong that once I found it, I latched onto it. I also have a similar story for a Transformer and I can name about like four other things that I overpaid severely for because I get emotional about stuff. (laughs) But we're going to do the record because the record's the most fun, right? 
So the bidding starts. Now, what's a vinyl Sesame Street record worth? Well, you know, in its heyday, it was probably in the, you know, the 70s or 80s when it was produced, likely a $6 product, right? You got to add an inflation and some degree of collector's item to it. So paying $15 to $18, maybe even $20 for a mint condition record is probably not too far off the charts. But this is Donnie Corum you're listening to, and I don't do anything at the low end, right? So here we are at $20, which I think is a fair price, and somebody has decided to start a bidding war with me on this record. Some distant... Uh, I am eBay username something that I was just so pissed off keeps bidding against me. We go from 20 to 30 to 50, eventually hitting $80 for this freaking record. And I bought it. Because all I do is win, 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 no matter what. (laughs) Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. It's important to have good credit when you're buying a foreclosure. A lot of people think you can come in with bad credit, but the fact of the matter is you need pretty stable credit scores to buy a foreclosure deal. So how do you find out how to increase your credit? Well, there's tons of credit repair agencies out there and multiple formulas, but one thing we found that works is reporting your monthly rental payments to the credit bureau. We partnered with RentReporters.com, the leading provider of adding your payment history direct from your landlord onto your credit bureau scores and it helping people to boost their scores up to 40 points in as little as 30 days. So to get started, I want you to head on out to www.ForeclosureDealsCoach.com. Now that's a messenger bot and you're going to use the keyword rent to get more information about Rent Reporters and how you can boost your credit score by getting your rental reported to the credit bureaus. Once again, Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. Check it out. I get the record. What was it worth $80? Yes, because I won. Is it an accurate assessment of the valuation of that record? Absolutely not. Okay, And that happens more often in real estate than you can imagine. You will always have somebody who wants the house so bad, they will severely overpay for it. Very recently, I was looking at a million-dollar condo in the building I live in in downtown Denver, a 1,200-square-feet corner unit, retail on it is probably pretty close to a million. I was offering a little over a million because I wanted the condo, right? I didn't get it because somebody wanted it more. Now, did that guy overpay? Absolutely, he did. But in occasion, you're going to get somebody who overpays for real estate. You got to be very careful that you don't get the right, the wrong price, Bob, because if, if you do, you're going to be stuck with an un- overpriced asset that you can't offload. And illiquid real estate is the most dangerous real estate of all. Okay, so now that I've sufficiently scared you on the dangers of buying overpriced real estate, how are we going to avoid that situation from happening? Number one, do not get emotional about real estate purchases. Right? You cannot, even if you really want the property, you cannot get emotional because that leads very quickly into overpaying for the property. Listen, we've all were first-time home buyers at some point. I remember my very first home and the, the anticipation of getting the call from my real estate agent, hey, you got the house, yay, or you didn't get the house, sorry, we were outbid. I get it. I understand how scary it is not to get the property you want. But guys, we're talking about your long-term financial future. And although I may have overpaid for that Sesame Street record, I'm not noticing the $60 I overpaid for that record. I also don't know where that record is right now. So as much as I paid for it, you'd think I would track its location.
right? Very responsible. Thank you. That's what I do. Um, my point is, is don't get emotional about real estate. Do not get emotional about real estate. You have to price it where you need to be priced. How do you do that? Well, number one, if you're a retail buyer, I know a lot of our, our show listeners are people who are just looking to buy a house for themselves or their family, right? And they, you're going to have to rely very heavily on your real estate agent. But as you're relying on that real estate agent, understand that they're driven by what? Getting paid a commission check. So if you think most agents are going to shoot straight with you about overpaying for a property, you are sorely mistaken. You're going to have to do your own research. Now, how are you going to find out this property is worth if you're not 100% certain you can get the right answer from your agent? Well, you could try Zillow. No, I'm just kidding. You don't go to Zillow for anything, right? You're not going to do that. You're not going to use the Zillow's estimate because that's stupid, but you could get an analytical software that can analyze for you the properties in your area. And if you're going to buy, whether it's one home or several properties, what I recommend is having your own ability to analyze the property through getting a real estate analyst software. In the past, you had to get MLS access to do that, and that required getting your real estate license and a lot of hassle. Today, through my affiliate partner, PropStream, you can actually do a valuation on properties all across the country, national access, you type in the address, it brings up the property details, and then it starts getting in the comparable sales. This is important because when you get to the comparable sales, you've got a list of properties that are ideally within a half a mile or less to the property you're looking at. They're within 10%. I want you to write this down. Half a mile away in a circle, okay? 10% or less in variable of square footage, one direction or the other. You don't want to be looking at a 1,500 square foot house and try to do comparables who have 2,200, 2,300 square feet. You're not getting an accurate assessment of value. You also don't want to look at the 1,000 square foot one, believe it or not. They will have sold for less than the property that you're looking at, but that's not an accurate assessment of value because the cost to build is very different from a small house to a larger house. It's a simple matter of economies of scale. You're looking for houses that are within, if it's a 1,500 square foot house, your other properties, your comparable sales should be as low as say 1,300, maybe 1,350. Again, same with that 10% rule, all up to about 1,600, 1,700 at very most. Okay, And you're, there's some room for objective objective here because you have to have some room to wiggle because houses are not built in exact square footage, right? If you're in a tract home, it's a tract neighborhood, you might find multiple comps that are relatively identical. And believe it or not, from an appraisal angle, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. But that's not always the case. So you just want to get close, right? Then you want bedrooms and bath count, right? The difference between a two-bedroom and a three-bedroom house from a comparable sale angle is humongous. If your comps have three bedrooms and you're a two, do not use that comp. It's very dangerous. And you almost can't adjust for that because your entire market has changed. One bathroom and two bath, huge amount of difference in price, right? But now going from three to four, Bedrooms, three or four baths, you know, one to, you know, two to three baths, not as much, right? But those big jumps take place at certain niches, right? And then finally, neighborhood identifiers, is it in the same area, et cetera? Just because it's within a half a mile radius does not mean necessarily it's in the exact same pricing bracket. Once you've compiled all of that data, you're going to get a list of properties. And what I want you to do, and what PropStream does very conveniently, it allows you to sort by high price to low price, right? Right away, I want you to take the highest price comp and throw that bad boy out, okay? Because that was your idiot, okay? That was your guy who was willing to overpay for the property. He was going to get it no matter what, 
Okay, if the highest price comp is within 5% of all of the comps, you might be able to keep it in the analysis, but I can tell you, generally speaking, the guy who overpaid is the first comp you want to throw out of the throw out of the equation, okay? Now you're looking at the comps right in between. You don't want to go too low or too high, and you have to be subjective here. You are pricing this property as an investment. Whether or not you're going to move into it, fix it and flip it, you're going to, whatever your exit strategy is, you need to look at real estate as an investment. And as a result, be a little more conservative in your valuation. When I tell my investors what a property is worth, I am generally fudging the numbers to, to the negative in the sense that I'm underpricing it a little bit by five, 10 grand consistently just because I'd rather they get better results than worse results, okay? So when you're pricing these things out on PropStream, you can get a good analysis on what's going on there. You throw out your high comp, throw out your low comp to some degree because that's usually another investor and kind of work off the middle comps to get the best average of what the property is going for. You're not averaging those properties. You're analyzing those and then giving the strengths and weaknesses to ultimately come up with what you think your property is worth. Why is this important? Because if you decide to put that high comp in there and later on you want to sell that property and it turns out you're $20,000, $30,000 off, you're going to be extremely upset that you bought that property. And I don't want you guys upset. I want you to do this conservatively. If you're fixing and flipping that property and you are $20,000, $30,000 off, that could be the entire gap of the profit you might have made on that property vaporized. Now you're finding yourself underwater trying to find a way to buy yourself out of a bad deal. Listen, you can afford to underprice a property. You can afford to be wrong. In this crazy market that we've been in, despite the coronavirus pandemic, I have been wrong on the last three properties in a sense, all of them going 5, 10, 15 grand ahead of my estimates, but I'm still happy I estimated low because who's going to argue with getting more money? Nobody. Right? But if you're wrong the other way, you're going to be upset about it. It could cost you money. It could end your career in foreclosure investing if you can't pay back your private investors, if you can't get the hard money loan paid, if you can't refinance the property and pull the equity back out. It could put you in a real jam. Okay, so be conservative with your estimates. And if you're looking to get started, again, I know we talk about this a lot, but the real first step to foreclosure investing is understanding how to do this analysis and keep yourself out of hot water. So I have partnered with PropStream as my affiliate partner, and you can get a free seven-day trial where we you can see the comps in your neighborhood on the property you're looking at. And listen, if you don't have a deal you're evaluating, you're too early stage, even if you're a renter, you can do an evaluation of the house you live in right now and find out what it's worth because you're developing a skill set that's going to serve you for years to come in allowing you to do valuation on what a property could be worth. So get the tool. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com, right, uh, forward slash prop stream. We still got to get that set up. We're going to have that ready to go here, and you can sign up there or go to the um, go to the foreclosuredealscoach.com chatbot and type in prop stream is the keyword. It'll sign you up for a free seven day trial where you can give some analysis tools. And when you've joined prop stream, you're also eligible to become part of the foreclosure deals coach insiders group, where we get together and do analysis on properties in real time. We record those episodes so you can see how to use the tool, how to evaluate properties and how to avoid pricing yourself out of the market by getting the wrong price. Bob, the Bob thing just seems like a convenient thing because I'm, I'm I'm all I'm all happy Gilmore'd up right now, right? I'm feeling like I got, I got golf clubs going, like I got it's I'm feeling it right now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go out there and hit it. Right? 
hit it. That's good. See it. All right. So we're going to move, move on from there. Listen, guys, that's our show for today. I don't want to elongate this too much because it is, it, it's, it's simple, but it's not simple. You just got to take the first steps to learn this. If you wanted to be a stock trader, you would learn how to trade stocks by analyzing stocks right? You would use stock trading software. You would hop into your E-Trade, Ameritrade, whatever account. You would understand what makes the market move. It's not different here with foreclosures. I know there are houses. They seem different and they come with this emotional attachment that is super dangerous for investors. You got to kill that emotion right away. Forget that you're moving this with your family. This is where we're going to raise your kids at least for a little bit and focus on the fact that this has got to be a good deal because if it is a good deal, it will provide for you and your family for generations to come, just like the article I told you about when we first started this show. These guys made their fortune in real estate investing, investing, not purchasing. Do you see the variable there? Whole different word. All right. So with that, we're going to end the show on that note. Please head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com forward slash prop stream. We'd like to get you started on a seven day free trial through the analysis. Once you're in using my affiliate link, once you're in there, we want you to head on in. We're going to invite you into the foreclosure deals coach insiders group. We'll work on some analysis together. We're going to be bringing you some real time analysis of properties all across the country. Super excited about this launch. It is coming to you right away. Obviously, we're going to start here in Colorado. Colorado, but over time, as the membership grows, we want you to bring in deals and we'll analyze those deals with you in real time, teach you and others how to best use the software to make sure you're not overpaying for property. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, reminding you now and always, don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.